theme. It's time for Nerdy for 30, the podcast <laughs> where we talk about nerdy-ish movies for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer, a.k.a. The Critic's Choice. With me, as always, is my co-host, Tim Keck, a.k.a. The People's Champ. Light the beam, baby. Light that beam. And today, we are talking about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Now, Tim. I think that there are three reasons that people might be listening to this podcast today. Number one is if they haven't decided yet whether or not they want to take the plunge and see Rise of the Beasts and they're, they just want to learn a little bit about what it is before they dive in. Number two is if they saw Rise of the Beasts and they desperately want to talk about it with someone. <laughs> and number three is if they know that there is no chance in hell that they're going to see Rise of the Beasts and they want to know all the juicy stuff that happens in it anyway. I think we owe it to everyone to just go all out on this shit because this movie was weird as hell and shockingly fun and we didn't see it together. So I'm thrilled to hear what you thought about it. I liked it. I think uh, any criticism levied at it is fair. I think any praise levied at it is fair. Yes. I mean, it's a movie about Transformers. Like, let's not get it <laughs> twisted. All right. <laughs> These are toys that they made a movie about. It is it is dumb. It doesn't make sense most of the time, uh, but it's a blast to see all the Transformers doing their thing. Great. Uh, the, I, I think the end of the movie fucking slaps. I think it's great. <laughs> Wait, Bumblebee. How far? How far? Bumble, do you mean like, like the climax to the end or do you mean the like the basically like post credits tag? I mean, Bumblebee is the heart and soul of the Transformers franchise and they like knock him out pretty early. Like he's not in the movie. And then at the very end, he shows up again. And I was like, let's go. Like, finally, you know, I was like, fucking bumblebees here. <laughs> like, I'm ready to go. Uh, let's let's destroy these whatever Decepticons. They're not Decepticons. They're mm. they're Antagonons or something. I don't terror know. Terrorcons? Terrorcons. Like, let's fuck them up. We got Bumblebee. And like, Bumblebee doesn't seem to be. It's so funny because Bumblebee is like, doesn't seem to be like a special transformer in any way. Like he's not a prime. He doesn't seem to be a good fighter in any of the history we have of him. He's just kind of like a, like an okay, like mid tier transformer. Yeah. When he's rolling in, it's like, damn, this is what we needed to turn the tide. This is what it was. All these animals, they didn't do shit. Goddamn bumblebees here. And it's time to rock, dude. These guys are in trouble in trouble for a minute there i was like oh no are the terracons gonna win it's not looking good for earth and then bumblebee shows up <laughs> fuck yeah yellow camaro kicking ass falling out of the sky that whole sequence of him entering is amazing on the old jet like the old plane uh. is like shaking and care and you're like what is is he gonna fight <clears throat> Because I'm like, he should be fighting, but also he shouldn't be fighting. No, you know, because he he's gonna to get wrecked down. immediately. So now he's flying in, and you're like, what's he doing? And then Bumblebee jumps out of him. Oh my god, that what's was the crazy. song cue that hits. What song starts playing there? Do you remember? Oh, I don't even know. It's something about like I'm ready to murder people. Like the, the end of the movie is just like a music video. And I think there was something like, I gotta kill stuff was like a lot. Yeah. Oh my it was god. Like, it was just a bunch of the chorus was like killing, killing, murder, murder everybody. And then and then, oh man, Kevin. And then they finally do something I've always wondered why they didn't do in the Transformers, where they they give a human like a suit. 
like a battle suit and now he's got the suit and he's fighting stuff and then the and the, then the beasts are transforming and man it's there's explosions there's fire optimus prime makes a noble sacrifice and then the kid saves him and then the gorilla saves him and then whoa at the end this is like gi joe the whole time like wow Wow, Kevin, what a fun ending after a somewhat tedious movie. <laughs> they pull it off. They stuck the landing. That might be the only thing they stuck, but God damn it. They did. They did it, man. They did exactly what these movies always do, right? They just stall. This whole movie is stalling. They wait and they wait and they wait. And it's either because they can't afford to have Transformers in the whole movie or they really think we need a human angle. But for whatever reason, the whole movie is like stalling until Optimus Prime shows up. You know, the whole movie is like, we got to wait until these beast war. The beast guys come in at the very end of the movie. How do they call it? Like rise of the beast. They open with these guys and they're not in two thirds of the movie. There's also, there's also no indication that we will ever see them again. Oh yeah. They're done. They're done. They're going back to the jungle. They're just going off to Peru or whatever. I don't know. They're they're They seem fine living in the jungle, just protecting this, this, they have to protect this MacGuffin that for some reason they can't destroy. They right. won't destroy it. The whole, the whole premise of this is that they should be, dis- they should have destroyed this key, but for whatever reason, well, the reason is so they could have this war so they could make this movie that, but there's always a MacGuffin. There's always a MacGuffin. There's always one of the Transformers. I think it was the last Shia LaBeouf one. They're like, oh, you know, Optimus Prime, he gets like souped up and he has this like, let's ride. And, he, you know, he's got the jets. He takes the parts of like the old fighter mm. guy. Mm-hmm. And he like flies off and then he's like beating a guy. And then they're like, Optimus, we really need you. And he just gets like tangled in some cables. And he's just like hanging upside down, like all tangled up. And he's like, I'm I'm trying my best. And it's like you guys are literally coming up with ways just to stall from Optimus Prime showing up to kick ass the whole thing. Like. The end of the movie, man, like the bad guy is like going to this key thing and and he's opening this portal to nowhere. And all the Transformers are just like, well, that's it. And then the guy the for some reason, the human is the one who's like, man, we got to try, though. And the Transformers are like, well, the only way we can do this is if we go and we get the key and destroy it. And then it's like, cool, let's do like. But the human has the is the only one with the idea to like. Let's keep fighting. Like if the Transformers, like if there weren't people around, the Transformers would have just been like, well, we tried. Like, we, let's call it a day. Like, let's pack our bags and head home. Where's that old, where's that old crumbly senior citizen of an airplane? We got to load back up cargo or asses back to the US. Like, what? It's so dumb. It's so dumb and so fun. And the whole time, God, there's all these great, there's all these awesome Transformer voices. You got Ron Perlman. You got Michelle Yeoh, Peter Cullen crushing it. Peter Dinklage crushing it. And then for some goddamn reason, they got Pete Davidson in here. Crushing it. Sucking Crushing it. Pete Davidson is the highlight of this movie. He, God. 
Can I don't I say, understand why people like him. No one has done more with less than Pete found. Davidson. And I respect it to some degree, but I'm also tired of it. I don't know why he's showing up to things. Why is he in Fast X? Why is he in this? I don't get it. Everyone's having these awesome robot moments, transformer voices. And then you hear like Pete Davidson go like, man, we got to get out of here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck off, Pete Davidson. Fuck off wherever you went from. I don't want to see Mariah. The best part of this, honestly, the only reason Pete Davidson is in a movie like this is to die. Not in real life. His character always, you know, Suicide Squad, his brain gets blown off. There has to be something that they there's some self-awareness there that people want to see him get hurt. He gets beat up in Fast X. That's great. He dies in this movie. And then like the very end of the movie, like one of the stingers is actually he's OK. And I booed. I booed in the theater with the two other single guys that were in the theater with me at like 1030 on a Sunday. I was like, fuck that. Are there no stakes to this world? Let the man go. We don't need him in a sequel. He did his purpose. You know, he's going to date whoever the, the lead woman in this was. And then it's over. Then we don't need him anymore. I'm tired. I'm tired. Of, I have. I mean, this is I had a good time, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, we've known each other a long time. Up until Pete Davidson came up, this is the most excited I've ever seen you. <laughs> you said this movie was okay, and then you proceeded to gush about it? <laughs> like that kid from the Have You Ever Had a Dream video. <laughs> You brought up a million things that I want to follow on. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I guess if we can work backwards. Uh, Pete Davidson with whoever the star is of this movie. I'll stand Pete Davidson and Michelle Yeoh forever. I don't know if she's married. <laughs> if she is, he's breaking it up. Uh, Gosh, quick, I Michelle bet it's going to be Liza Koshy or whatever who did RC. She's oh. like a YouTube person. Oh, They're she's a YouTube together. person. Okay. I don't know if she's famous sense. enough. But, you no. know, she's not even on yeah. his radar, dude. I don't think so. I don't think she is. Uh, he's just like watching tape back of the Oscars and going like down the row <laughs> of people starting the Crossing front row and working off. backwards. Yep. <laughs> uh, I feel like he just took that selfie that like Bradley Cooper and Ellen took and he's just crossing people <laughs> off one by one. Um, can we real quick talk about how big air razor was i this is Huge. like this is so there's so many other things i want to talk about but this bothered me the whole time in beast wars they were normal size animals right like rat trap was a lot smaller than the other ones or were they all kind of big for like whatever animal i mean was? rat trap wasn't the size of a rat okay. right he was bigger i mean he transformed into a person right sure yeah i haven't watched beast wars in a minute that one has been i never went I back to either but day. i i had the toys mm. which i loved I even had like I also really had like the second tier of toys where initially they really looked like animals. And then for some reason, I had an Optimus Prime who was a monkey, but then he also had a surfboard. Yeah. Trans metals. That was a great <clears throat> yeah, Optimus Prime. Right there. I think it's especially funny in the Beast Wars case, because at least in the Beast Wars cartoon, there weren't human beings around. But if the idea is that they're transforming into animals so that they blend in the idea that anyone <laughs> would come across that fucking bird and be like, yeah, that's a bird. It would be like if Bumblebee turned into a Camaro that was 25 feet long. 
<laughs> it doesn't make I don't know why they're animals. There's no reason. There's, there's no, no reason, reason for them to be animals other than they like being animals. And there's multiple gorillas. So this right. guy comes from like a family of gorillas. Sure. Like there's just I think there's a whole species of gorilla. Also, the Transformers like scan cars like they came to Earth. Mm-hmm. They scanned cars they liked and then took on those forms. Right. Whereas in this case, there were Earth animals on another alien planet right. that were just gigantic robots the whole time. Yeah. And it's strange, man. I mean, this doesn't make a ton of sense. No, you know, I, <laughs> I'd argue it doesn't matter if we're going to poke holes in that way. I would start with how in Bumblebee, the movie Bumblebee opens up with a very cool war oh, sequence on Cybertron. And you see some of the Decepticons. And even though they're in the shape of space planes and space cars, I noticed that those vehicles still have cockpits and windshields which makes absolutely no goddamn sense if the thing is the car it doesn't need a cockpit it doesn't need you know any kind of windshield to see out of but that also brings up one of the bigger things that i wanted to say about this which is i think that this is kind of like the top tier of like kid entertainment Right now, where this is people always level against the Marvel movies that they're made for kids. And obviously there's a degree of truth to that. But if you look at a movie like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, a 12 year old is going to get barely anything out of that. They're going to love the fight scenes and all the espionage is going to go right over their head. Best case scenario, it's like their first version of the Pelican Brief. Um, In these they don't really go out of their way too much to get you to suspend your disbelief. You know, at one point, Pete Davidson's Mirage character transforms into a dump truck, which I kind of buy if he's going back and forth between different forms of a car. This seems like there's similar amounts of volume to the different cars he's changing into. And then he turns into a dump truck and it's like, all right, well, fuck all of the logic for this. Um, and, it, and in the older ones, they had to scan the car they transformed into. Yeah. Right. But then this one, he just transforms into whatever he feels like whenever. Right. And that was happening in Bumblebee, too. There were the things, the Decepticons from the other planet that just would scan a helicopter and turn into that real quick. Um, Bumblebee turns into the Camaro at the end of the movie out of nowhere. But but they scan it. Right. Doesn't he see it and then become it? Whereas this, whereas Mirage, or goddamn, I'm going to refer to it as Pete Davidson for the rest of the Please do. Whereas, Whereas Pete Davidson doesn't scan shit. He just is a dump truck now. Well, maybe he scanned the dump truck. But he does transform into like three different cars in front of this guy, which is a previously unheard of Transformers power. If we're going to get real nitpicky. Yeah. Hey, which I think we should. I think we should. I really once I turned that off, once I realized that there was going to be no sort of realism to this at all anymore, I had a much better time watching this movie. And yeah. There were moments where it got tedious. I almost fell asleep twice. I do need to confess that. But there were also moments that I really, really loved. It reminded me a lot of Bumblebee, which if you haven't seen it, is like a perfectly good movie. It's pretty fun. The biggest thing with Bumblebee. Yeah. The biggest thing with Bumblebee is that it gets really boring as soon as it tries to connect to the rest of the Transformers universe. When it's just Haley Steinfeld in a John Hughes movie with a car. It's great. It's such a good and John time. Cena there. John Cena. John Cena gives it his all in that movie. He has a blast with it. Um, in this one, I really liked the New York City 90s, like street level 
burgeoning criminal movie that was happening at first, like reluctant criminal movie we got. I thought Anthony Ramos was amazing. And then separately, the Beast Force stuff was cool. Why not? But anytime there was any kind of like an attempt at reconciling the two, anytime Anthony Ramos and Dominic Fishback had to talk about terror cons with a straight face, I'm out. It sucked. That was awful. But the two separate movies were really good. I don't understand. I I get it that we can't have just a Transformers movie for whatever reason. They can't they can't afford it. I think there's some complication with like CGI. Maybe they maybe we actually need a contrast with like a human being because you're right. They are machines with cockpits. You need someone to go in the cockpit. And there's always been this like human element in these movies, whatever. They gave us a lot of human. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of time with these guys. This is like they crossed the two hour mark. Why? I guess is all I'm saying. You can't cut us. There's like a whole scene where they're going into this underground cave and they have to solve this puzzle. And then he fights this guy and then all this stuff just for them to meet a giant gorilla who goes, oh, yeah, that was pointless. Yeah. It's <laughs> like we could have cut that. We could have just not done. I mean, the Transformers aren't in it. It's just Anthony Ramos. He's amazing. He's a great actor and he's just running around in a cave and there's no and I'm bored. I'm I'm did not like that part. This is you know, I always said like in Lord of the Rings, they need like a Hobbit list cut, you know, like just cut the <laughs> Hobbits out, like just get to the good stuff. Hobbits are boring. They suck. I'll I'll say it. Goddamn. <laughs> what is it? What were, the, what were the guys in the in the, uh, the Rings of Power? Harfoots. The Harfoot. Harfoot. I fucking love a Harfoot. I fucking die for a Harfoot. The halflings, whatever. Those hobbits, they can fuck right off along with Pete Davidson. (laughs) The two of them can get in a Camaro and drive the fuck off a bridge for all I care. I'm (laughs) done with them. Don't need to see them anymore. So it's fun that he's there. I mean, the humans are good. They're cool. But then, yeah, we don't need it. We don't. I don't know. I got distracted thinking about the Hobbit. I would enjoy it a version of this where they just kind of edit out the people as much as possible. There were two times in this movie where they, where the human goes to the transformers and says, actually, why don't you guys wait here and I'll go get the thing. And Optimus prime is like, Oh, you better get it. You stupid human, you know? Yeah. And then it's just like a 20 minute scene without the transformers. And it's like, Oh man. Then they just drive in anyway. Like, Oh, what if you guys just like did it? What if you guys just went after it? Uh, I don't know. It's it's a little annoying, like make it 90 minutes and more Transformers and we've got a great time nonstop. Yeah. Oh, my God. That even thinking about that scene just without them trying to sneak into the museum, just letting Optimus try to get a hold of that thing. Any of the robot hijinks in the movies. So fun. The interplay between the robots. <laughs> very fun. Honestly, you mentioning it right now reminded me how stupid and goofy Optimus's whole I hate human shtick was in this movie. <laughs> They're really trying to <laughs> so give us some tough. contrast between now and the 2007 movie. But the idea of him just constantly being like, oh, you better not fuck this up. It's great. I love it. Um, I was like, then you do it, Optimus. Yeah. Get in there. Just do it then. What do you what do you need these kids for? <laughs> Did you I you really didn't like the opening scenes though with Anthony Ramos? I thought that movie was great. The heist, the thing where he gets into Mirage and Mirage is fucking with him, that's a really great scene. I like that. 
I like it the part with the Transformers. Up until then, the other thing that's so funny about this is because of Transformers, mm. they always speak to each other in quotes. You know, like they're always saying things to each other like, that's why you're more than meets the eye. Oh, you know, Jesus, or like, yeah. Or they're like, you know, what do I always say? Family over everything. What are we? We're a team. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like every line they want. It's like they just went into like a poster store, just started lifting out the inspirational section. And we're like, this is all the dialogue we need. <laughs> we're good. We'll cobble something together. you know. And uh, it's it's a little exhausting. It's a little tedious. It's fine. Anthony Ramos is good. Obviously, once he gets the car. The movie's called Transformers. It's not Anthony Ramos robs a bank or whatever it is. It's Transformers. So I want to see the Transformers. All right. You know? Yeah. You know, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. I can just watch it in the Heights if I wanted more Anthony Ramos, you know? Is there... So to bring it back to that balance, too, between the the human element that they feel like they need to force into these and the giant effects elements that are the reason we're there... We the very first movie we did on this pod was Godzilla versus Kong, which had some of the <laughs> absolute worst human elements I've ever seen in one of these effects movies. Incredible. Why do you think that they were so intolerable in Godzilla v Kong? And I mean, I would say that the the human elements in Bumblebee are top tier because the parts where Haley Steinfeld is interacting with Bumblebee, that is the highlight of those movies. And I think at the polar opposite end of that spectrum is Godzilla v Kong. And I think this one falls somewhere in the middle where the separate elements work for me, but when they're put together, they don't necessarily work. Um, Do you think that that is a testament to just Haley Steinfeld's magnetism as an actor. Do you think that is more about the fact that the human things in Godzilla V Kong straight up usually did not in, involve them interacting with Godzilla or Kong? What do you think that is? I think Haley Steinfeld is a star. I think we're both big on her. Mm. I think Anthony Ramos is great. I think he's got a great future. I think, I think Haley Steinfeld is like a, a she's like a celebrity, yeah. you know? Uh, I also think the story of Bumblebee is her with the car, right? And that's most of the movie. And the best parts of this movie are Anthony Ramos in the car. He's in Pete Davidson. Mm -hmm. And uh, despite Pete Davidson's, you know, horrible disability of of talking. I loved him. uh, Truly loved him in this. (laughs) He uh, those are the best parts, right? When it's like him, a car, that's great. But then we start meeting up with all these other transformers and the story gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the bigger it gets, it starts to lose that human element and that connection that makes it fun and worthwhile. Right? Like Sam Witwicky was always yelling for Bumblebee and they were like sacrificing things for each other and like willing to risk it all for each other. And I think those movies were pretty good. And I liked that it was always there was always a connection there. There yeah. was always connective tissue. And this one, they lost it pretty quick, I think, you know, and Mirage was an incon is an inconsequential character. There's no they immediately join up with other Transformers that are better than him. And his relationship with Anthony is like, hey, I'll give you this glove. Don't ask me. It's probably made of my my ball sack, I guess, is the joke. And uh have fun with that, you know, and then when he dies, he builds his body becomes a suit, which is honestly the best part. But they don't build it up. It's not nearly as good. Honestly, the rela- the chemistry between Anthony Ramos 
and Bumblebee is a million times better than his chemistry with Pete Davidson. And Bumblebee is barely in the movie. He shows up at the get at the end. Anthony Ramos is like, yeah, now they're fighting and they're back to back. Mm -hmm. And they're like supporting each other in a way that I never felt like Mirage did. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the big difference. Yeah, I didn't think about that. They did. They did really vibe in that final battle together. That was cool, which is great. Bumblebee just vibes with everybody and they don't. There's like all this history with the character, but he they're like, we don't even need Bumblebee in this movie. He'll show up at the end. He'll vibe with the humans instantly, like instant chemistry. <laughs> no support needed. And I, I bit it, man. I was all in on it. You know, I loved it. I thought it was great. You know who he is? Bumblebee is Han from the Fast and the Furious, where it's not clear yeah. what he brings to the table outside <laughs> of he is an incredible hang and everybody it's just wants sure. him around. We don't know what he's bringing, right. but he's fucking bringing it. <laughs> <laughs> he's cranking it up to a 10 and we're all like, I don't know what this is. Leave out some snacks, fun radio sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck yeah, Hans here. Fuck yeah, Bumblebee. They have the same energy. And I'm here for it. So there's the reveal at the end of this that they are going to be mashing this franchise up with G.I. Joe, which is demented. I love it. Fucking go for it. (laughs) They were vamping so much for whatever is going to be on the backside of that card. And all the Transformers movies have had that like section seven, like government agents in it. So the whole time I'm like, why are we beating around the bush here? Flip the card. It says section seven. Roll credits. He flips it. says G.I. Joe. And I heard multiple people in my theater go, what the fuck? It was, I love it. Completely took me off guard. I love it. We've been talking. I, at least I think that the human element is the weakest part of the Transformers movie. Mm -hmm. If instead of regular humans, it just goes to GI Joe's. Yes. Like if the next movie is half GI Joe's half Transformers and like no filler characters. Yep. I'm in. I, how fun would that be? Then it's like just a good time. I I can't wait to see what this is. And G.I. Joe has kind of been a weird franchise. I haven't really liked any of the G.I. Joe movies necessarily, but if they treat it with the same level of, of corn and just like, you know, <laughs> haphazard throwing shit at the wall that they did with the Transformers in this movie, I think it's going to be awesome. What do you think? I'm right there with you. I think, weirdly enough, this is the seventh movie in the Transformers movie franchise. I think they've just locked into what it is. I think it's really similar to the Fast franchise in that way, where it's kind of having the second life and becoming something else that's more beautiful in every way. Uh, And it's really weird to me because this is something that I meant to pitch on our Fast episode, our episode for Fast X, but we ran out of time. I know they're crossing over the G.I. Joe. That's great. But Tim, I think a beautiful next step in both of those franchises would be a Fast and the Furious and Transformers crossover. Can you imagine how much fun that would be? Do you realize that Michael Bay hasn't touched the Fast franchise yet? Spiritually, sure. But practically, (laughs) can you imagine if Michael Bay himself made a crossover Transformers and Fast franchise movie? They sh- he should just he should straight up make a Fast and Furious movie. I think that'd be fun. I would love that. Uh, yeah, I think a, a crossover with them would be great. Honestly, if you just put 
you know, bring John Cena's character back and then just add Han to a Transformers movie. Oh my God. And he's just, and you're like, he's not Han. It's like whatever, they come up with a new name for him, but he just, he's a really good driver and he just, he's just playing Han. If he just came in and just played Han and you know what? Giselle's there too. And the two of them are just, they're just a couple that likes driving fast and everything's great. And we get to see live vicariously, you know, their beautiful future together, get some of that time back that we lost when they uh, both died separately oh. and they're just in giant machines and transformers it'd be great they don't even need to do it like a blunt fast transformers just like throw some more of those people in there do it it'd be great jason statham in a transformers movie oh. like they're not fucking ready for it they're not ready for it i i really hope that we are maybe at a point this movie did really well this movie opened up with 60 million really? this past weekend um, <laughs> i think it's the That's beast wild. wars bump there's a bunch of 90s kids out there that were really stoked to see cheetor which by the way cut from this movie horrible we barely yeah, saw barely cheetor what's had happening the rhino guy had the rhino rhinox dude. was barely in this infuriating um what I, do you think of robots with hair weird because dude Two, I don't like <laughs> two had haircuts in this movie. Did you see the undercut, the fucking Peaky Blinders undercut they had on Scourge when they took the mask off? No, it was straight notice. up a Cillian Murphy haircut on this robot. I love I just was looking at all the all the characters with like fur. The bird I thought looked great, but all the characters with fur, I was like. Why is he hair? Why is he like a hairy machine? It's so weird to look at. <laughs> it's so gross. I thought they actually looked incredible, but th- from like a distance. But then when you zoomed in for a close up and you're seeing like there's fur on his forearms, mm. but like not anywhere else, you know, it's just it was just like weird, like plate patches of fur. Uh, I was it was a little unnerving. Uh, the other thing that I thought was so funny in this is Optimus Prime at the beginning of the movie is like calling all Autobots like assemble. And uh, but yet there are still just other Autobots around Mm -hmm. like like they've got their team. They're doing this whole thing to get the Transformers home and then they like need a flight. So they find this old Transformer and they know him and it's cool and he doesn't need to be in anything else. And then they go to Peru and there's like a Transformer there just hanging out. And there's just like I just I feel like anywhere they go. That's like the Dom Toretto move is anywhere they go. They're going to know somebody there. There's a transformer who's plugged in and he's got all the stuff they need. Kevin, can I ask you an important question? Please. Do you think this movie is better or worse than cocaine bear? Better. Better than cocaine bear. Do you think it's better or worse than Creed three? I think it's worse than Creed three. Worse than Creed 3. Uh, Better or worse than uh, The Woman King? I think this is worse than The Woman King. Okay, I'm putting it between The Woman King and Jury Duty. That's where it belongs. Oh, my God. Honestly, if I'm talking about more fun, I think it's above The Woman King, honestly. Woman King, cool. Not fun. It's not Creed. It was more fun than Creed 3. I think it belongs like under Mario, but we'll hash it out. On a review preview. Yeah, we can talk that through. I, I know what you mean. It's not as much fun. Woman King has a little bit more like heft to it. It's always a challenge when you bring that one up because it's based on a true story and there's like inherent emotional weight to that. But yeah, I, I want to really give it more respect every time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But 
Damn, if parts of this movie weren't so fun. Optimus Primal looked sick when he transformed. He looked oh, so that cool. that was cool. Really love what they did with his design. Um, man. Wow. You know, as we close on this one, I just want to say that I saw this movie at 2.30 p.m. on a Saturday. There were a lot of like tweens and teens in this showing. There were three kids sitting behind me that seemed like they were maybe like 13 years old, like 12 to 13, squarely in the demo for this. Uh, As the lights were lowering, they were doing that like junior high thing where they were real quick, like hashing out bits of lore to each other that were that like junior high mix of I read something on Wikipedia and I'm just straight up making this part up right now. And, uh, when the lights came back up afterwards, the first thing out of their mouths was better than Spider-Man for sure. For sure. Better than Spider-Man. Yeah. Best movie of the year. So <laughs> this movie hit so hard with this target demo. It hit pretty hard with us. I think it was a fun movie. I don't regret seeing it. It was a good time. If you were one of those people at the beginning of the pod that I mentioned that were on the fence, give it a try. What's the worst thing that happens? You catch a few beast wars. <laughs> and honestly, the end of the movie, fire, baby. Fire. fire. So good. Light the fucking beam, Light dude. Beast Wars, beam. baby. Thank Go you get so it. much for listening, everybody. This has been Nerdy for 30. We'll be back here next week with Batman from 1989. A little pre-flash release for you. Uh, until then, stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. Stay nerdy. Bye. And share the pod. Share the pod. <laughs> yeah, share it with one person. Don't share it with a ton of people. Just pick one person. Share it to them. I mean, if you want to share it with a ton of people, no, let no, them no, no, share no, it, no, Kevin. No, 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 no. Keep this tight. No. Keep this an <sighs> underground show. We don't even want to blow up. Keep the circle up. small. Yeah. <laughs> Only people you trust. Right. All right. Get your mom to listen. Yeah. Honestly, calling all moms. Calling all moms. Light the beam. Light the beam. Bye. <laughs>